No longer can we rely on those same people in the media and politics who will say anything to keep our rigged system in place. Instead, we must choose to believe in America. History is watching us now. We don't have much time, but history is watching. It's waiting to see if we will rise to the occasion and if we will show the whole world that America is still free and independent and strong. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you were tuned into His Hardline. Welcome. Glad to have you all here. Don't forget to check out the website, www.hishardline.com. This is the only place where you're going to get God and Jesus Christ mixed in with a little true history of America, mixed in with instructions on how to assemble your nation. We're here to implement solutions that will help restore this republic. But most importantly, we're also here to help America and the rest of the world to invite Jesus Christ into their heart. It's time to take back our nation. It's time to take back our world, ladies and gentlemen. And you can find us here six out of the seven days a week. So be sure to share this with your friends and family. Don't forget, don't forget. Sovereignty itself is, of course, not subject to law, for it is the author and source of law. But in our system, while sovereign powers are delegated to the agencies of government, sovereignty itself remains with the people by whom and for whom all government exists and acts. Welcome to His Heart Line, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get started. <laughs> yeah. Let's get rocking. All right. All right. All right. Welcome to His Heart Line. Good evening. Good afternoon. Good morning. Wherever you're at in the world, I am Jason, your co host with God as the host because he is in charge. He's in the captain's chair. Therefore, he is steering this ship through these crazy, chaotic waters that we call life. So welcome to His Hard Line. Glad to have you all here. It is Friday, January 13th, 2023. Yes, indeed. It's Friday the 13th. Oh, boy. Whatever shall we do? So today on episode 414, we are going to be doing a reading out of the book of Isaiah, chapter 48. And then we're going to continue reading the last three sections of the uh, article two of the constitution and tomorrow will be a podcast free saturday because tomorrow is my only day off and uh, i got my family flying back in from florida so tomorrow's just going to be family day tomorrow so that's one of the reasons why we're doing this show uh, extremely early today as well because normally this is about a 7 p.m start time for this show um so but it doesn't work out so well when your wife and daughter fly in at 6 48 so anyway, we are here today on this wonderful Friday. I hope everybody's having a great weekend. I hope you have a great weekend planned coming up, or if not, I hope you have a nice relaxing weekend at the very least. That's, you know, you got planned. Sorry for the slight delay. I was having issues with um, the Google Chrome web browser. It never fails. I always end up having issues with Podbean on different web browsers. So now I had to log on to Brave which is the other web browser I have on here. So, I mean, I went through Safari. I went through Firefox. I went through, uh, I forgot what else. There was another one. I'm kind of, let me see here. Let me see. What what did I go through? Google Chrome, Firefox, Safari. And then there was like one other one I used. And it was just being a complete pain in my butt. Well, anyway, I can't remember what one it was. But anyway. I always have issues with Pond being on different web browsers. So I'm like, you know, I'm going to try Brave and it's working. But so that's why I was a little late. But anyway, <clears throat> so let's do this. We're going to get right into the reading because I do have a jam packed evening this evening. And again, I do appreciate your guys' patience and, uh, you know, joining me for this way super early start time for the podcast. Uh, like I said, typically this starts at 7 p.m. Um, so we're going to get right into the reading of Isaiah chapter 48 but before i start um randy i know you're listening can you hear me all right because i know um i'm looking at my i'm looking at my signal strength on this pod bean platform thing here and it keeps bouncing from excellent to poor 
So, all right. Doesn't sound jumpy or anything like that. Because this is, uh, well, it was just a little concerning how I keep seeing the status back and forth, back and forth. Excellent to pour. Excellent to pour. So I just wanted to make sure it sounds all right. All right. Good deal. Well, thank you for that, Randy. I really appreciate that. And I want to say hello to everybody here, Tara and Maga Grandma Ann. And let me see if I can pronounce this right, because it's always so hard when there's words all jumbled up in one. What is it? Everett P. Shannon. So welcome. Glad to have you all here. <clears throat> okay. So we are going to get right into the reading. So I'm reading out of the New American Standard Bible, chapter 48. We'll get into, uh, we'll break it down verse by verse, and then we'll continue the reading of the last three sections of Article 2 in the Constitution. And actually, oh, excuse me, there is something I actually wanted to go over first, too. So I just wanted to go over some of the headlines real quick before I got into that, because, oh, my Lord. Again, today said to yesterday, hold my beer with the crazy wackiness in the headlines. So this is pretty sick and demented. And just flat out nasty. And if you follow me on Telegram, you probably know exactly what I might be talking about. But this is really just completely disgusting. So there is this, on the Gateway Pundit, there was an article. A self-proclaimed, I'm not even kidding you. All right, this must be like a different name for a furry. But a self-proclaimed trans canine, only fans model gets fired for posting um, very lewd acts with dogs. That is sick. I'm pretty certain this girl needs some help. I'm pretty certain this girl, or this trans canine as she likes to self-identify as, pretty certain she's got a demon in her. To allow this kind of nonsense to take place. That's disgusting. She's going to de- need some prayers. Um, yeah, when I saw that, I was like, you've got to be kidding me. You've got to be kidding me. But you know what? I mean, I just, I just, I got no words for that. But anyway, um, <clears throat> and of course, got the news that uh, unfortunately, um, was it Diamond from Diamond and Silk? Diamond passes away, unfortunately, um, unexpectedly. Not sure exactly what happened there. One can speculate, but we're not going to speculate because that does no good. And I guess uh, somebody else, uh, Lisa Marie Presley. Yeah, that's right. She passed away as well at age 54. I mean, we're seeing more and more of this occur. And it seems to increase week by week. I mean, we, I was reading a lot of stories this past week of kids from elementary school age to high school age, and of course, college students dropping dead just randomly, heart attack, stroke, cardiac arrest, you name it. It's all heart related. But yet nobody wants to ask that obvious question. Was it the jab? Because nobody wants to be in that category of being an a-hole, right? Nobody wants to be, nobody wants to face that scrutiny if you bring up that question. Well, you know, chances are if they have a, you know, heart attack at the age of eight, you know, chances are pretty good. They probably get the clot shot. But there is unfortunately a, 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 oh, a high amount of people passing away. It's, it's really sad. It really is sad. And we're, it's just, it's, it continues on. And it continues on. So we'll, you know, we're going to keep our prayers up for, you know, um, for Silk, her diamond sister. I don't even know their real name, but um, um, yeah, it's just, they were always fun to watch and, um, you know, quite the character those two ladies were. Um, Let's see what else is going on here in this distractive uh, outlet we call the Gateway Pundit. Let's see here. So I guess more Twitter files dropped. Wonderful. Um, let's see. And of course there's more stories about Biden and, you know, having classified documents, yada, yada, yada. Okay. Um, you know, it's just, you know, here's the thing, all this stuff that we're seeing is just, again, it serves two different purposes. One, they're the big purpose, which I think might be the unintended purpose. A lot of this stuff is just all it's distractions. The other purpose is it wakes people up. I think in my opinion, just how corrupt our system really is. 
Um, apparently, here's another article headline. Biden ignores reporters shouting questions about classified documents stored in his garage next to his Corvette. Hashtag garage gate. Yeah. When are people going to figure out that D.C., the people in D.C., and forget D.C. For a, ma- for a minute, the people that are even in your own state governments and even probably local municipalities, uh, they are not your advocates. They are not there to serve you. I hate to break it to you. There might be an, a, a, an exceptional few, but by and large, most of them, they're not there to serve you. I, I really hate to be the bearer of bad news. I'm not trying to be a negative Nelly, but let's just face facts. They are there to self-enrich themselves, and they swore an oath, and they serve someone else. They swore an oath to a different country, not America, not Americans. They don't care about we the people, which is precisely why we are going over the Constitution. Because you need to understand what is in your constitution. See, this is what cracks me up. I hear this all the time. People say, you know, if they, you know, they, these people that do these videos, right. When they get pulled over by police and, uh, you know, and, and, and look, I hand it to a lot of these people because they're standing their ground against public servants that typically use their power, especially those that wear a badge and they overexert that power. And they try to use intimidation tactics to try to somehow find some criminality in you so they can write up a ticket. So they can make profit for the corporation. But what cracks me up is you get these people that do these videos and say, well, I know my constitutional rights. First off, let's get one thing clear. You and I do not have constitutional rights. Do you know what the Constitution is actually for? Now, I'll tell you right now, the Declaration of Independence. Now, that's a document that's for we the people. That is for us. Now, just to make another thing clear, our rights do not come from a constitution. Our rights come directly from God. Let's get that straight. But the constitution is a mechanism. It's a tool. It's an instrument that basically puts boundaries around the executive, legislative, and executive branch, uh, the legislative, executive, and judicial branches of government and enumerates the powers that they have to stay within the, you know, the, um, their boundaries. They have to stay within their own parameters. That's why the Brunson case got thrown out because, again, the Brunson case, that whole thing should have been taken up with the legislature, uh, legislative branch, not the judicial. They had no jurisdiction. And this is why we are covering the Constitution and we are reading this bit by bit in little digestive pieces so it's easier to take in. Because if you're like me, you could read that whole document in one straight, um, one, just one straight show, right? How much of it really are you going to remember? See, for me, if I'm going to retain information from something uh, as complex as the um, as the Constitution, I have to either read it over and over and over and over and over again, or I have to take it in bite by bite so I can, you know, let it marinate in that gray matter inside my thick skull called a brain. So... That's why we're going over. But remember, whenever you hear somebody say, well, I have constitutional rights. Really? So you work for the government? Which which branch are you in? Legislative, executive, or, you know, are you a judge? You see, here's the other thing, people. <clears throat> and, so, and this got brought to my attention yesterday on our National Assembly call, which, by the way, you should definitely check that out, folks. Um, 9, 9 p.m. every Thursday, every week, mostly every week, I think. Yeah, every week. <clears throat> but the other thing is uh, now it just fleeted my mind. Um, we don't have constitutional rights because again, that's what, Oh, that's what I was going to say. The legislative judicial and executive branch, they're not the lower three branches of government because that would make them. One of them ha- would have to be number one. Another one would have to be number two. And then an- another one would have to be number three. Now we just assume that because article one, discusses the um the powers of the um of the um 
Oh, goodness gracious. I just had it up here, too. Hold on. I'm, just, I'm having a major, major brain fart because, you know, Article 2 talks about the executive and then Article 1 talks about the uh, legislative powers. And then, and then Article 3 talks about the judicial powers. So automatically, we think that because of how it's, you know, numbered in the Constitution that, oh, well, that would be the first three branches of government. Wrong. Actually, the common law grand juries, well, first off, the assembly of the people, the body politic of the assembly of the people, that's really your first branch of government because it is the body politic of we the people created by God who created the constitution for those lower branches of government that that um third fourth and fifth branch of government well Jason what's the fourth what's the uh, second uh branch of government well that would be your common law grand juries well Jason isn't the assembly and the grand juries uh, one and the same no the common law, see, when you're an assembly member, sure, you're a jurist. You sign a JCO, a juror covenant office. You're a jurist. And you get picked in a pool when the common law grand juries get impaneled for a trial. But overall, the common law grand juries as a whole, that's a separate branch of government that's picked from the pool of jurists that sign their JCO in the assembly of people. And the body politic of people. I hope that makes sense. So we'll get more into the section two here and article two in just a bit. So we are going to read. Get back to my screen again here. We're going to read again. Let's do the reading for Isaiah here. Okay, now I just lost my spot. Why would you do that, Jason? There we go. Okay, and it reads, hear this, house of Jacob who are named Israel and who came from the waters of Judah, who swear by the name of the Lord and invoke the God of Israel, but not in truth nor in righteousness, for they name themselves after the holy city and lean on the God of Israel. The Lord of armies is his name. I declared the former things long ago, and they went out of my mouth, and I proclaimed them. Suddenly I acted, and they came to pass. And because I know that you are abstinent, abstinent and your neck is an iron tendon, and your forehead bronze. Therefore, I declared them to you long ago. Before they took place, I proclaimed them to you so that you would not say, my idol has done them, and my carved image and my cast metal image have commanded them. You have heard, look at all this, and you will not declare it. I proclaim to you new things from this time, hidden things which you have not known. They are created now and not long ago, and before today you have not heard them, so that you will not say, Behold, I knew them. You have not heard. You have not known. Even from long ago your ear has not been open, because I knew that you would deal very treacherously, and you have been called a rebel from birth. For the sake of my name, I delay my wrath, and for my praise, I restrain it for you. In order not to cut you off, behold, I have refined you, but not as silver. I have tested you in the furnace of affliction. For my own sake, for my own sake, I will act. For how can my name be profaned? And I will not give my glory to another, Listen to me, Jacob, Israel, whom I called. I am he. I am the first. I am also the last. Assuredly, my hand founded the earth, and my right hand spread out the heavens. When I call to them, they stand together, assemble, all of you, and listen. Who among them has declared these things? The Lord loves him. He will carry out his good pleasure against Babylon. And his arm will be against the Chaldeans. I, yes, I have spoken. Indeed, I have called him. I have brought him, and I and he will make his way successful. Come near to me. Listen to this. From the beginning, I have not spoken in secret. From the time it took place, I was there. And now the Lord God has sent me and his spirit. This is what the Lord says. He who is your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord your God, who teaches you to benefit, who leads you in the way you should go. If only you paid attention to my commandments, then your well-being would have been like a river, 
and your righteousness like the waves of the sea. Your descendants would have been like the sand, and your offspring like its grains. Their name would never be eliminated or destroyed from my presence. Go out from Babylon, flee from the Chaldeans, declare that the sound of joyful shouting, proclaim this, send it out to the end of the earth. Say the Lord has redeemed his servant Jacob. They did not thirst when he led them through the desert. He made the water flow out of the rock for them. He split the rock and the water gushed out. There is no peace for the wicked, says the Lord. And that is the book of Isaiah, chapter 48, verses 1 through 22. All right. So, increase the font size here. I swear I need to get my eyes checked. All right. So let's break this down verse by verse. So as we look at verses one through eight, we see that God has a serious complaint against his people. Now, although they, they use his name, they do not use it in righteousness, meaning that they use him as a curse word or a byword. And blasphemy is to take that which is holy and make it ordinary. Using the Lord's name as an ordinary word instead of only when addressing him is a form of blasphemy. Additionally, Israel claims that they are a holy people belonging to the Lord of hosts, yet uh, they do not testify of him. And Jesus said that if you are ashamed of him, he will be ashamed of you. And despite all the works and the prophecies that God had performed in his eyes of his people, they refused to acknowledge him. Tisk, tisk. And so they gave him lip service only by saying that they belong to God, but then failed to perform the things which a faithful servant of God would actually do to proclaim the wondrous works of God. Gee, it sounds like a lot of Christians today that self-proclaim to be Christian. I'm just saying... You want to know how I know? Because I used to be that Christian. Oh, I believe in God. I follow Jesus, but yet still go to the nightclubs and I party and I smoke and I drink and I live a promiscuous life. I wasn't a Christian. I was a hypocrite and a liar and a big, big intentional sinner. But that all changed when God used his huge, huge divine mallet made of I don't know what he had that thing made of, but man, it crushed me. When he when he nailed me down, he crushed me into a billion plus pieces. And the only one that could rebuild me the way he needed me was God. But from the beginning, God has shown through prophecy that he, he knows the future, right? And therefore that it is him who is bringing things to pass and not some other God. But yet these people are too darn stubborn to give him any praise. And so one must be very careful to serve God in spirit and in truth, giving him praise and honor when it is due him. Otherwise, one may find oneself outwardly serving God with one's own lips, but inwardly being full of dead men's bones. Mm -hmm. So as we look at verses 9, 10, and 11 here, so even though God knew that these people would reject him, he still went ahead and performed all the works in front of them. And so God gives everyone an opportunity to see and acknowledge him, everyone. Now, whether they accept it is a whole different animal, but this display of grace brings him great honor. And also the fact that he keeps his promises even when the people do not obey him demonstrates God's faithfulness. And so God answers the rebellion of his people by refining them through affliction. And God uses troubles and trials to purge one of sin and issues in one's life. That is the hidden character of a person, good or bad. It is, it's revealed when one endures hardships. It refines you. Now, because God had claimed Israel as his people, and he said that he is the God Israel, and if Israel is destroyed and belittled, then he too would be belittled in the eyes of man, right? Well, the world knows that he has entered into a covenant relationship with Israel, and for him to back out of that covenant would mean that he is unfaithful to his promise, to fill his promise. 
And therefore, no matter how far into sin Israel goes, God will deal with them and afflict them until they repent. And through Israel, God will prove to the world that he keeps his promises. See, I think that's kind of where we're at right now. We need to go through the things that we're going through until more people repent. I think until more people go through these hardships, right, that refine us. Because nobody's going to repent until they've gone through pretty much, I mean, I don't want to really say through hell and back, but and that's the only phrase that comes to mind, you know, until people go through hell and lose it all or mostly lose it all. And it shouldn't have to take that, right? It shouldn't have to take a person or a man or a woman to get to that point before you turn to God. But sadly, I think that's where most people are in this country. They have to completely lose it all to where they have no other choice but to turn to God and be like, okay, God, you know what? You're in charge. My life is yours. Show me what you want me to do. Excuse me for just a second. Like I said, my wife is traveling, so I'm just checking to see what she's sending me. Her flight was delayed. She thought she was almost going to miss it. All right. Sorry for that. Um, <clears throat> sorry for that brief little interruption there. Just wanted to make sure she was good and on the plane. All right. So now as we look at verses 12, 13, 14, and 15, <clears throat> God requests that his people listen to him based on the fact that he is the sovereign God and, and he could force humanity to obedience. But instead, he pleads with man. He wants man to acknowledge him as the creator and choose that's a key word there. Choose to listen to him. See, God doesn't want to force us to follow him because, I mean, what kind of God would that be? Would you respect your parents if they forced you to do this, that, and the other? Yeah, you'd probably listen, but would you really respect and really have a, a, a healthy love and respect for your parents if that was the case? I know I wouldn't if I'm going to be completely honest. We have to choose this. And so God pleads with man, asking him to consider which of all the gods has accurately predicted the future. And the Lord is the only one who has been able to perform his will throughout all of history. And so as a witness to his sovereign power, God is saying before it happens that he will bring Babylon into prosperity, allowing Babylon to conquer as it will. But as we look at verses 16 and 17, God does not hide his word. His prophecy, laws, his ideals are no secret. And just consider how many copies of the Bible are in the world today. Above that, God even sends people to speak on his behalf. And today, God uses preachers, not, not many good ones, I might add, but he uses preachers. And in this verse, Isaiah is the one speaking God's word to the world. Now, God pleads of his people to hear him. And this time on the basis that he holds all knowledge. And so through him, one can gain wisdom in righteousness as well as in trade. That, that's, that is, if God gives humans the ability not only to discern right from wrong, but also how to build, you know, a car or fix a circuit breaker or play music, etc. And so as we look at 18 verses 18, 19, 20, 21, and 22, Israel had, if, if Israel, excuse me, if Israel had just believed God, they would have been the greatest nation in all of history and God would have blessed them beyond measure. But sadly, they did not believe. Again, I think that's what, exactly what we're seeing here. See, we could be a very, very prosperous and abundant nation. But there's not enough people yet. I'm going to throw that word in there because that's very important. I think we're not there yet. But I think God will bless this nation beyond measure at some point down the road. Now, I don't know when that point is. I'm not God. I'm not his record keeper. I'm not his administrator. 
But what I, what I do know is that it seems to me from my own observations, and you guys probably might see the same thing, that we're seeing more people turn to God and praying more publicly on TV, like the ESPN people after uh, DeMar Hamlin, um, you know, uh, dropped on the field a week or two ago, a couple weeks ago. People are starting to turn to prayer. Sure, it might be over an idol that we know as an NFL football player, but still people are turning to prayer. That's a great thing. And so as we look at the last two verses in this chapter 48 here, in light of these, you know, the verses 9 through 11, God promises to redeem Israel from the Babylonian captivity, not for Israel's sake, but for his own sake. And God is fulfilling his promise to the Jews to always leave a remnant, always. And the Jews are called out of Babylon because of God's promise and not for any good that, you know, the Jews have done. But on the contrary, God closes with the declaration that there is no peace for the wicked. And so despite God having called the Jews out of Egypt, miraculously providing for them in the desert, refining them through affliction and redeeming them from Babylon, there is still wickedness in his people. And this serves as a bit of a warning to Christians of today to not look past God's grace and return to sin. It is possible to see all the works of God and experience his redemption and still reject God for wickedness. So, again, that was the verse-by-verse commentary for the... 22 verses in chapter 48. Now, <clears throat> on the other side, we will continue doing the reading of the uh, of the Constitution, Article 2, Sections 2, 3, and 4. So we will be right back after this short break. You are tuned in to the His Hardline Podcast. We will be right back after this short break. We will be right back after this short break. So, we're going to continue on with our reading on the Constitution. And we are reading, again, Article 2, which talks about the uh, powers of the executive branch. So, yesterday we read Section 1. And today, we're going to read Sections 2, 3, and 4. And then that will conclude Article 2. And then, um, not tomorrow, but Sunday. Um, Sunday or Monday, I'm not sure what I'm going to do on Sunday. We're going to have a show on Sunday. Uh, I'm just not sure exactly uh, if it's going to be a continuation of the reading. Monday for sure. I was thinking about talking about a little bit of wellness stuff because I found some good information that I wanted to share with you guys. But either Sunday or Monday, then we're going to read the entire Article 3, which talks about the judicial power of the United States. Now, before I get into the continued reading of the Constitution here, so I don't know if any of you, um, I don't know if any of you, listened or tuned into the uh, the National Assembly call yesterday uh, that starts at nine. I know some of you have. Kirk from Kirk's Law Corner was on there. And man, let me tell you what, this guy is a wealth of knowledge. Now, I know this guy was, you know, very educated and very well versed and knowledgeable in law. But man, oh man, I mean, I hear him on his live show. But after hearing him also on the National Assembly call, the guy knows his stuff. I mean, I would imagine he would considering he's been studying this since what? 95, 94, 1995, I think. So, I mean, what, 95 to 2005 to 15. I mean, the guy has been almost studying this stuff for close to now 30 years. He's no dummy when it comes to law and the Constitution and military law. The guy knows what's up. Now, um, what's interesting, I wanted to point this out. So when all 50 governors were rounded up back in 2015 by the military and 
you know, that was when um, they were having their governor's convention in Vegas and then they got rounded up um, and taken to a military base in northern Texas. And they were basically briefed and, and told the people are reassembling. They're returning back. You know, they're returning to original jurisdiction. And if any of you get in their way and hinder that process, you will be detained and incarcerated. You will basically go right to prison. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. You get in their way, you're taken down. You're going to be taken down. Now, that said, that's not to say that the people in the deep state can't do other things um, indirectly to hinder the progress in the growth of the lawful assembly of we the people. For example, becoming a state national and status correcting. That's not a thing, guys. They've tricked and swindled and bamboozled over 10 million people now over there. The whole David Street and gang, AVR, all them. Now, I feel bad for those people because obviously they have the right intent. Some, most of them, I would imagine. But see, the problem is they they lack. I'm trying to be delicate here, they lack discernment and really reading into something. See, they just I guarantee, I guarantee what the process was. Most people say, "Oh, wow, I can escape paying federal taxes and state income taxes, and and I can break away from the system." Oh yeah, man, sign me up. But what they fail to realize is that there's no such thing as a state national. It's nowhere in our original founding documents. It's something created by the corporation, and they trick people to be back tied into the corporation on the back end. Because what is going to end up happening to these people is they're eventually going to become people without a country. When the 38 states plus assemble and we have restored fully our republic, They're gonna be tech. They're gonna be foreigners. They're gonna be technically. They could actually be arrested for impersonating a, a United States, you know, a, like a United States citizen or American. They will be people without a country. So, anyways, why do I bring all this up? There's a lot of efforts being acting on to subvert people's attention to, to, to look this way, look over here, look over there. Don't look at the national assembly. Look at all these people dying. Look at, look at over here. You want to not pay taxes? Come over here to the state nationals here. Pay us $400. Come join our conference and uh, we'll teach you how to not pay taxes. Folks, if you look at the people in the national assembly, the lawful assembly, nobody's doing conferences. Nobody's doing anything and charging any amount of money to show you what we're doing. You want to know why? Because this information is already out there. We're just bringing it forward. It's no different than Jesus when he roamed the land preaching the gospel. He didn't charge for that. He did it for free. The Republic is not for sale. You do not make money at the expense of our republic. That is not cool. It is disrespectful and it's rude. Now, I say all that to say this to make one more little point. This is why the primary focus on this podcast, like I said, this might be one of the most boring platforms for most people. That's fine. Don't care. I'm here to do... Three things. Put God first on this podcast because God was the one that wanted me to start this platform. Help people steer away from different things and different mechanisms of sin like pornography because I used to be one of those that was gripped by that. And to help people get educated on how to assemble 
your state, how to restore the republic. Now, I am I don't have all the answers, but let me tell you what. There is a good amount of people that do have answers that I'm even learning from. And I actually was messaging Kirk today on Telegram. I said, I you have an open invita- invitation anytime you want to come on my podcast. I said, you are a wealth of knowledge. And I learned so much on that national call when you were on there. And I'm glad that you're a part of it. And he responded saying, thanks, Jason. He goes, yeah, let's definitely do this. Let's let's connect and do this. So at some point, we will have Kirk over here. And maybe he can teach us a few things about what's really important and what we need to know. And some of the misconceptions and things that we thought we knew to be true are actually false. Like, for example, you know how people always say we're a constitutional republic? I, I was guilty of saying that. We are actually not a constitutional republic. And he goes into explaining why that is and what we actually are. So I've learned many things. So the bottom line is what we cover over here at His Heart Line is God, family, country. That's it, in that order. Okay, you can't have a strong family without having God centered at the heart of that family. And at the heart of your marriage, excuse me one more second, because my wife is texting, I want to make sure everything is good. She said she's boarded. She's going to be landing at 7.15. She says, I love you. They're going on the plane, and now she said there is a, another delay yet again because somebody had a medical issue. Oy vey, that sucks. All right. As long as it's not her or my daughter. But anyway, so you just have to really just pay attention. Oh, that's what I was saying. You can't have a strong family without having God centered at that family. And you can't have a strong nation without having a strong family unit. This is why they try to promote transgenderism, ladies and gentlemen. This is why they wanted to promote the LGBTQ, LMNOP plus, you know, to the square root movement. This is why they want to demonize men and say, oh, we can't have toxic masculinity in this nation. That's unhealthy. We promote soy boys. No, that is not how we have a strong nation, ladies and gentlemen. Strong men, strong families with God at the center of their heart, at the center of their marriage, and at the center of the home. There's a reason why there's heavy emphasis on a strong family unit in the field training manual 2000-25. Again, a handbook that was by the War Department in 1928. The War Department had strong emphasis of a strong family unit for a strong country in that manual. That should tell you something, folks. Why do you think FDR wanted it destroyed? Destroy the family, demoralize a nation, kick God out of the public square, and you take over a country. Enslave them. They don't want us knowing this knowledge. So speaking of knowledge, let's get into the reading of Article 2, Sections 2, 3, and 4. It reads, The President shall be Commander-in-Chief of the Army and Navy of the United States and of the militia of the several states when called into the actual service of the United States. He may require the opinion in writing of the principal office in e- officer in each of the executive departments upon any subject relating to the duties of their respective offices, and he shall have power to grant reprieves and pardons for offenses against the United States, except in cases of impeachment. He shall have power by and with the advice and consent of the Senate to make treaties, provide two-thirds of the senators present concur, and he shall nominate and by and with the advice and consent of the Senate shall appoint ambassadors, other public ministers, and councils, judges of the Supreme Court, and all other officers of the United States, whose appointments are not herein otherwise provided for, and which shall be established by law. But the Congress may be, excuse me, 
But the Congress may by law vest the appointment of such inferior officers as they think proper in the president alone, in the courts of law, or in the heads of departments. The president shall have power to fill up all vacancies that may happen during the recess of a Senate of the Senate by granting commissions which shall expire at the end of their next session. Section 3. He shall from time to time give to the Congress information of the State of the Union and recommend to their consideration such measures as he shall judge necessary and expedient. He may, on extraordinary occasions, convene both houses or either of them, and in case of disagreement between them, with respect to the time of adjournment, he may adjourn them to such time as he shall think proper. He shall receive ambassadors and other public ministers. He shall take care that the laws be faithfully executed and shall commission all the officers of the United States. Last section, section four, very short section. The president, vice president, and all civil officers of the United States shall be removed from office on impeachment for and conviction of treason, bribery, and other high crimes and misdemeanors. So those are the last three sections. There is four sections in total for Article 2, which again you know, explains the uh, enumerated powers of the executive branch. And so later, uh, the next show, we'll, we will go over Article 3. We'll probably actually go over Article 3 and Article 4. At this. Now we'll just do Article 3 on the next show because that has one, two, three sections as well. Um, sorry, just got a little distracted there. But uh, again, this is why we're going to be going over the Constitution and we're going to be going over the Bill of Rights and the Magna Carta. We're going to go over a lot of these different documents and hopefully when we have Kirk on the show, he can go into greater detail about certain things that go much further than the constitution that go much further, even than the uh, fundamental orders of 1638. Now there's one little soundbite I did want to play before we reach our hour here. There's a man in my assembly in our state assembly. He's the communication secretary, I believe. Yeah. Joe Fry. Very good man. You may have heard him on Lena's Power, Passion, Freedom show um, with Destry several weeks back when uh, Destry was on a couple weeks back to back on her show. Uh, Joe was on there. He is one of the men that goes around and uh, like Destry and like Paul to help other states assemble their state. So he is one of three men. I want to play this little four minute clip. I think I may have played it once before, but in case you missed it, I do want to play this uh, soundbite from Lena's show. Uh, basically how he, ex he, he explains how these people don't want us assembling. And he explains, he, he shares a story of what happened to him and his wife when they were on their way to a state assembly meeting. Listen to this, because again, this, this validates just exactly what I was talking about with the rounding up of all 50 governors back in 2015. Give this a listen. I already went. I went away already. So I'm good. <laughs> okay. How Go come it says how come Michigan has so much election fraud? <laughs> um, we're a democratic state. Yeah, Whitmer for a governor. From what I understood, she's tied into the Rothschild family and George Soros. She was well placed following the other Democrat, uh, Democrats. Actually, both the ones that were Republican and Democrat, right now there is no difference. And uh, we've been misled. I can say one, two, three, four, four or five governors that I've known in my lifetime of bothering to listen. It's been, people's eyes are blind. It's all changing, though. We we will get it. Um, they have been, we've been under the gun. 
she has had some issues where they claimed a group was going to assassin her, but then that was a defunct. And then they were just uh, harassing her, and a few might go away. But there was federal agents involved. So this, that's why they're after us. We are the ones that started what? Assemblies. What did, what did the two years of COVID stop us from doing? Assembling. Just think about that. When I, Dustry had an issue up in, here in Michigan, and that's somewhere why he's up to Alaska. My wife was amazed uh, three, three months ago, going to a meeting, uh, or maybe it's been longer. When, can, can, when the truckers was on the bridge, blocking the bridge from Canada, that was the, the weekend. I was pulled over by a state boy just out of his home, home office in Lansing, doing 81. And he come up to my wife's side asking for information, my driver's license and such. And I said, I'm sorry, I am certain that I'm not required to give that to you. I can show it. But you're out of my, you're, I'm not in your jurisdiction. What do you mean? Well, I'm heading to an assembly and all governors were brought together and told to leave assemblies alone. Well, he had to memorize, although with the plate, he, he knew everything anyhow. He come back, he says, okay. First off, he asked, are you heading to the bridge? No. Are you part of such and such assembly? No. What's the name of your assembly? And I said, private. And he come back with, we, you're correct. Um, just, we want to make sure you get safely to your assembly and safely home and please do not do 81 anymore. So I took off quite quickly, right up to 82 and nothing was said. You have to know, you have to live the experience. Like Dustry has said, you don't know what you don't know until you've experienced it. And that's the kind of things. You can get in trouble for her. My wife was shocked and we talked about it for about a half an hour after that. Jeez, I thought for sure. I thought, you know, and all the, all the negativity, <clears throat> but you know what you know, and you just say it calmly, and he had no leg to stand on. All states have been told, all sheriffs in every state have been told, leave assemblies alone. So the only thing that they could do for two years is create a disease, oh, with a patent, and spread it around the world so that we could not move as fast as we could. What do you think of that one? Yeah. So there it is. They can do things indirectly to hinder our progress. And they did a pretty good job of it with COVID. That was not because a bat and a snake and something else got together in a bar over at a meat market. That's not how that worked. Ladies and gentlemen, I promise you. The National Assembly is a lawful body politic. Yes, the military is behind it. Because they're the ones, according to the merchant marines back from the 1500s, military is there to serve we the military is there to serve the civilian authority. They submit their power to the civilian authority. We, the people, are the civilian authority, hence the civil peace flag. The only problem is this. In order for the military to submit their power to our civilian authority of we, the people in America, 
we have to have our 38 states. We need to return to the original jurisdiction that we had abandoned. And when I say we, not we in present day, but we as Americans back in 1861, when Congress walked out without adjourning and, and, and basically left it signed die, which is meaning they, they walked out of a congressional meeting, a session, right? Without setting a date, time and location to return to meet again. At that point, that put us in a constitutional crisis. And then that's when Abraham Lincoln issued General Order 100, which basically placed the military in charge until the people returned back to original jurisdiction. And yes, Patriot Beagle just said, Illinois just became the 16th assembled state not that long ago. Before that one, the 15th was the state of Oregon. Who will be... Number 17. I'm not going to lie. That'd be a pretty sweet number to be in that, in that list. But anyway, that's all we have for you today, guys. We're going to end this out with a prayer. The prayer I do want to read. Let me see if I can find it real quick because I do like this prayer. So this prayer, and I might actually record this and play this on the regular and then add to it at the end of the show. And I'm going to give credit where it's due. So in the Minnesota Assembly, which is not official yet, I don't know if they, they don't, they haven't put out their public notice, at least not to my knowledge yet, but I think they're almost there. A girl by the name of Katie. So if you're hearing this in Minnesota, in Scott County, this was a prayer for assembling. And she posted this on the national-assembly.net website. I'm going to read this prayer. And I think I might... I'm not going to say steal it, but I'm definitely going to borrow it and put it in a recording uh, format and and kind of put a little nice production to it and play it toward the end of each show. And then we'll add on to it because this is ultimately what we need to do. And I love this prayer. So if you don't mind, I'm going to read this prayer. And it's a great prayer. Again, it's a prayer for assembling, a crafted prayer based on scripture and principles of liberty. Dear Heavenly Father, you alone are our hope, salvation, comfort, and counselor. We are grateful that you are faithful. You are a faithful God. You keep your covenants and extend mercy to those that love you and keep your commandments, even to those to a thousand generations, per Deuteronomy 7.9. Have mercy upon us, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies. Blot out our transgressions, wash us thoroughly from our iniquity, and cleanse us from our sin. That was a reference from Psalm 51, a prayer of repentance of David. It is with heavy hearts that we come before you seeking your mercy, forgiveness, and guidance. We have awakened to a nightmare that has engulfed all of your creation in a life-altering struggle with evil. We have unwittingly surrendered freedom, rights, morals, and virtue to the enemies of God. As your people, we humbly repent on behalf of ourselves, our state, and our nation. We ask for your forgiveness and for restoration. You have honored the covenant our forefathers secured in their earnest desire to form a nation dependent on your natural and divine laws. Their ultimate hope of having a manifest destiny to be an example and a blessing to the entire human race has been withheld. Your nation has been deceived and led astray by a government that has abused its power and become tyrannical. Only divine intervention through we the people will restore the godly heritage of our forefathers. All things were created by you, therefore upon you all mankind is dependent, and to you we are equally responsible. We have lost the knowledge of what it means to be made in your image, to be sovereign, powerful, virtuous, and immorally strong. Teach us who we are and what we are capable of. Remind us frequently that you have supplied our every need and you are faithful. We desire to assembly, assemble as a state and as a nation. We will take back by your divine guidance, our independence and unalienable rights. We ask for your help in restoring godliness to in to the areas of influence that represent the forces that shape nations, the government, family, church, religion, education, media, arts and entertainment, business and finance. 
We are asking for like-minded, virtuous, and morally strong God and nation-loving people to join us in this process. We ask you to orchestrate divine appointments, drawing us together so that we can move quickly and efficiently towards assembling and settling as a state and as a nation. Give us each a heartfelt desire to learn what is necessary to serve you and our communities as assemblies. We remind you of our word in 1 John 5, verses 14 through 15. Now this is the confidence that we have, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. We thank you for bending down to listen and for your much anticipated answers to this prayer. Our humble hearts, families, cities, states and nations will be secure in you alone. Thank you, Father, for your divine intervention. You are gracious, merciful, and you are love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. That was by that was submitted by Katie Rubat. I hope I'm not butchering her last name, but she's in Scott County in Minnesota. If anybody knows Miss Katie out there in Minnesota, bravo great prayer. Thank you for putting that on the national website. Absolutely enjoyed that prayer. And if you don't mind, I will be borrowing that prayer and I will be making a productive, uh, a production out of it, a nice light production. And then that'll be something we'll play at the end of every show. And then we'll add to the prayer as different, you know, as, as, as we need to, uh, like for example, whoever had that medical emergency on my wife's flight, and of course, you know, for anybody else that, you know, is needing prayer, but I hope you all have a great day or a great night, wherever you're at in the world. I do appreciate you all joining us here at his hard line. And like I said, we are a firm group over here. We are steadfast and we are also an uncompromising group of people because it is up to you and I to hold that line. That line can never be crossed by the enemy. And it is up to us to hold that line. But we also need to remember that same enemy wants us to cross that line over on their side. We cannot let that happen. All right. The line that keeps getting crossed. And I, I'm gonna. I, it just came to me today. As a matter of fact, that line is the line that's within our own four walls in our home. God creates man and created marriage and the gift of children, and through a strong family comes a strong nation. The enemy wants to destroy the family so the nation can't be strong and the enemy can subdue the nation. We cannot let that happen. Hold that line. This is why I assemble. This is why I got involved for my posterity. So, I hope you have a great weekend. We will see you back here on Sunday. God bless, and we'll see you on Sunday. No longer can we rely on those same people in the media and politics who will say anything to keep our rigged system in place. Instead, we must choose to believe in America. History is watching us now. We don't have much time, but history is watching. It's waiting to see if we will rise to the occasion and if we will show the whole world that America is still free and independent and strong. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I want to say thank you so much for tuning in here at His Heart Line. Really appreciate you. And don't forget to share this podcast with friends and family. Just copy the link, shoot it via text. You could share it on social media. I don't care if you got to put it up in smoke signals. Just get it out there. And don't forget to check out the website, www.hishardline.com. 
and join us here every single day. We operate six out of the seven days a week. And remember, as it states in Joshua 1.9, I command you, be strong and steadfast. Do not fear nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Don't forget, sovereignty itself is of course not subject to law, for it is the author and source of law. But in our system, while sovereign powers are delegated to the agencies of government, sovereignty itself remains with the people by whom and for whom all government exists and acts. We'll see you back here next time.